Good evening. Y'all ready to get started? We're going to get started tonight. Glad you're here. Glad you made the effort to be here. We're, we're starting off in our Bible study, the grand scheme of things. Uh, this is our first Bible study. We had an introduction last week, and so we're going to begin uh, our march. That's going to take us about a year to move over the course uh, of the Bible. So again, the grand scheme of things, this is lesson one. Our lesson tonight is going to talk about how did everything come into being? And that's the question. Uh, that'll be the focal point of our lesson tonight. How did everything uh, come into being? I want to stop right quick before we start, and I need to get something straight. I need to ask the question, uh, what in the world happened here? Um, I'm not sure what happened here. We need to get to the bottom of this before we start. And so I'm just going to ask anybody what they think has happened here. Does anybody know? Somebody spilled popcorn. Looks like somebody spilled popcorn. Anybody else? We got we to gotta settle, settle this. Anybody else? What has happened here? Looks like somebody spilled popcorn. Let me ask a question. How do you know? How do you know that someone has spilled popcorn? It looks like someone spilled popcorn because it's not in the bowl. It's on the ground. It is spilled popcorn. So that's, that's how you know someone has spilled popcorn. All right, we got we to figure this out. So my next question is this, what caused that? Probably some little kid. Anybody else? Some old man. It may have been an old man. Let me just ask a couple of questions. Were there any kids in here? You don't know. Anybody else? Were there any kids in here? There have been before. I've seen kids in here, so there's been, I see, I don't know, some youth up there. They may have done this. Um, anyone else been in here? Has anybody else been in the auditorium? The ladies that clean, they're always probably up to something. They may have done that with our, that popcorn. Uh, maybe a dog ran through here. Sometimes the door's open and, and that could have been knocked over. So what has happened? It looks like popcorn's been spilled. The reason we know that's because we found popcorn that's been spilled. We want to know what caused it. And we, we, we think kids have been in here, the, the people that clean have been in here, and an old guy's been in here. So they could have caused it. Let me ask the question now, when did it happen? When did that happen? Since Sunday. I was preaching here Sunday, and I looked over there, and I didn't see that. So it's been since Sunday. Today's Wednesday. So we found some spilled popcorn. We think kids have been in here, an old man's been in here, the people that clean have been in here. We, we know it's happened since Sunday. Anybody else know when this might have happened? Anybody come through Monday or Tuesday? It may have been Marco. He's been known to go different places in the church and eat popcorn. It may have been Marco. Let me, let me, let me see if I can test something. I'm going to test something. I'm going to see if it's stale. Do you think there's a chart that tells us when popcorn gets stale? Maybe a half a day it gets this stale. And in two days, have you ever had two-day popcorn has been sitting there? It's too stale. Maybe there's a chart. Maybe y'all can Google that. And there's a chart that'll tell us how stale our popcorn is. All right. Here's what we know. 
We're pretty sure it was done by a person, but it might not have been. But we are sure that popcorn has been spilled because there's popcorn and it is spilled. We kind of know when. Uh, It's happened now, and it had not happened Sunday, so we know it's in that window. Uh, We're not not sure how old it is. It's maybe a little bit stale, but our chart of how stale it is doesn't pinpoint it exactly for us. All right, let me ask you this. Would you make any bets on that? If I said you need to make a bet on how that happened, when did it happen, and what the cause was, really all of that is speculation. Now, it appears there is popcorn. It appears it is spilled. Uh, but, but really, all of that is speculation. Now, what if I were to tell you this? I popped it. I brought it in here at 3.30 today. I set it right there while I brought in this whiteout board. And then when I was bringing in the whiteout board, I knocked it over and it fell on the ground about 3.35. And how do I know that? Because I popped it, I put it there, I knocked it down, and I remember the time exactly when it happened. I am an eyewitness to this event. Now, if if you were to have to place a bet on one of these two uh, sources of information, would you trust me, who I tell you, I just did it, or would you say, I'm going to go with the speculation it could have been perhaps an animal, maybe a kid, perhaps someone that cleans up, maybe an old man, and it's been in the last three days, and it looks like that's what has happened. Well, the point to all of that is this. We would go with the eyewitness. Well, for our question that we're looking at tonight, how did everything come into being? Well, there are many ideas there are many theories, there are many explanations, and let, let me just tell you this, let me tell you this, there is only one eyewitness. There is only one eyewitness, and that is what we believe uh, as, as people that go to the Word of God as our source of information and wisdom. There is only one eyewitness. Now, I'm going to start off tonight, and I'm going to read a whole chunk of verses, and I'm going to read an account. And I want you just to listen. You don't have to follow along. Don't don't go there. Just listen uh, to this account. Genesis chapter 1. I'm going to start in verse 1. And I'm going to read Genesis chapter 2, verse 3. Now, I want you just to listen to this account. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and void, and darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was moving over the surface of the waters. Then God said, let there be light, and there was light. God saw that the light was good, and God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning one day. Then God said, let there be an expanse in the midst of the waters, and let it separate the waters from the waters. God made the expanse and separated the waters which are below the expanse from the waters which were above the expanse, and it was so. God called the expanse heaven, and there was evening and there was morning a second day. Then God said, let the waters below the heavens be gathered into one place, and let the dry land appear, and it was so. God called the dry land earth, and the gathering of the waters he called seas, and God saw that it was good. Then God said, let the earth sprout vegetation, plants yielding seed and fruit trees on the earth, bearing fruit after their kind with seed in them. And it was so. 
The earth brought forth vegetation, plants yielding seed after their kind, and trees bearing fruit with seed in them after their kind. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening, and there was morning, a third day. Then God said, let there be lights in the expanse of the heavens to separate the day from the night, and let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and years. And let them be lights in the expanse of the heavens to give light on the earth. And it was so. God made the two great lights, the greater light to govern the day and the lesser light to govern the night. He made the stars also. God placed them in the expanse of the heavens to give light on the earth and to govern the day and the night and to separate the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. There was evening and there was morning a fourth day. Then God said, let the waters teem with swarms of living creatures and let birds fly above the earth in the open expanse of the heavens. God created the great sea monsters and every living creature that moves with which the water swarmed after their kind and every winged bird after its kind. And God saw that it was good. God blessed them saying, be fruitful and multiply and fill the waters in the seas and let the birds multiply on the earth. There was evening and there was morning, a fifth day. Then God said, let the earth bring forth living creatures after their kind, cattle and creeping things and beasts of the earth after their kind. And it was so. God made the beasts of the earth after their kind and the cattle after their kind and everything that creeps on the ground after its kind. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, let us make man in our image, according to our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over the cattle and all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female. He created them. God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Then God said, Behold, I've given you every plant yielding seed that is on the surface of the earth and every tree which has fruit yielding seed. It shall be food for you. And to every beast of the earth and to every bird of the sky and to everything that moves on the earth which has, which has life. I've given every green plant for food, and it was so. God saw all that he had created, all that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day, the creation of man and woman. The heavens and the earth were completed, and all their hosts. By the seventh day, God had completed his work, which he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had done. Then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it because in it he rested from all his work which God had created and made. I'm going to read one more verse. Exodus 20 verse 11 says this, For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath and made it holy. That is what we call the creation account. That's what we're going to look at tonight, at answering our question, how did everything come into being? 
Now, I want to I point out three main points that we're going to see throughout the lesson, three things for us to remember. The first thing that we see is this, creation is the work of God. The second thing is this, creation is out of nothing. And we're going we're to talk about that. That's a big understanding. It is out of nothing. And then the third thing is this, and maybe we miss it, maybe we overlook it, creation is recorded by God. This is his word, and he has recorded his account of creation in his word. Now, what that means is this, God wants us to know it. He doesn't want us to have to guess. It's not a puzzle for us to have to assemble. It's not like this popcorn that we have to try and figure out. God has recorded his work of creation in his word, and so he wants us to know it. All right, we're going to work through a few things tonight. The first thing is this, the creation account, why does it matter? And that's a big thing. This is our first lesson. This is the starting place. Why does the creation account matter? And we're going to go through some big things tonight. The first thing is this, the creation account matters because it is the key to understanding all scripture. Wow, that's big. The creation account matters because it is key in us understanding all Scripture. Now think about that for a second. Just like all books, the first part of the Bible is foundation, foundational to the rest of the book, just like all books. Let me show you this. Here's a book, and I, I think you all like this book. I think you'll enjoy this book. Um, let me read you some out of it. They don't know words yet, but if it'll get them to quit the racket, have at it. Glad to be off to the newspaper tearing job. Anna washed the ink from her fingers so as not to smudge the library books. She bent over with the girls and used her most grown-up voice. Would you like to hear a story? She took Helen and Jane, each one by the hand, and bade Penny to follow. Leading them to the front room, she chose the larger of two chairs and lifted Jane into her lap. The other girls clamored in, clearing her throat with just the right amount of theatricity. Anna started, chapter one, Winnie the Pooh and some bees, and the story began. Let me ask you this, how much do you know about that book? If I were to ask you, well, how do you think that's gonna end? How do you think that's gonna end? What do you think the point to that book is? Anybody know? What do you think we're going to get out of that book? What kind of book is that? Here's the deal. It is impossible to jump in in the middle and set aside the start and have any understanding of what the book is. Do you know every book that you're going to try to understand, you go to the start and the start is foundational for understanding the rest of the book. Well, Listen, our Bible is the same way. The first of the book is foundational in understanding all the book. It would be absurd to say we can understand the gospel, the gospel accounts, the letters of Paul, and, and the book of Revelation apart from the start of the book. So the first thing is this. Why does the creation account matter? It matters for understanding God's word. The, the all, totality of the book is dependent upon the start of the book. Well, that just makes sense. All right, the second thing. The creation account, why does it matter? Here's the second reason it matters. 
It answers the great questions of man. The creation account answers the great questions of man. Now, we talked about this last week. Uh, We have a call to be prepared to defend what we believe, the hope that we believe, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Well, most of the time, people aren't going to come and say, can you tell me about uh, this, and can you tell me about sin, and can you tell me about the payment for sin, and can you tell me about the resurrection? Most of the time, folks aren't going to come with those questions. Most of the times, they're going to come and say, what's the purpose of life? What's the meaning of life? Is there a God? How do you know there's a God? Well, why is, why is your version of why they're a God better than why they're, what their version of, of, of God is? And all of these big questions, where did man come from? Is there a God? What is the purpose of man? What is the meaning of life? Well, all of those have their answer in the creation account. Where did man come from? From God. Is there a God? Let me tell you why there's a God. What is the purpose of man? Well, his purpose will be found in the reason that he was created. All of these big questions that people are going to ask, that they've been asking, we're going to have to have an understanding of the creation account. That's a pretty awesome thing. The great questions of man, are the answers are found in the creation account. Now, here's, here's my favorite one. Why does the creation account matter? First thing, it's the key to understanding Scripture. Second thing, it answers the great questions of man. The third thing is this. It reveals God to us. Now, here's the thing. God wants us to know him. In fact, eternal life, if you remember in our study in the the Gospel of John, is that we would know him and know Christ, his son. God wants us to know him. Well, one of the ways that we know God is to see him through the creation account. Now, I want you to think about this. How much of our understanding of God is tied to the creation account or the creation events? Uh, Think about how many times in Scripture, how many times in the Psalms, uh, God is tied or our understanding of God or our worship of God is tied to his role in creation, his role as creator. All right, just think about this for just a second. Think about the things that, that are revealed to us by the fact that, that God creates. Uh, now, I want to say it, it very quickly becomes the, the depth of the truth that God creates out of nothing. Um, that he creates out of nothing tells us some things about him. Now, let, let's just think about this. If you look around at creation, the the God responsible for that must be powerful. So you know what we learn? He's powerful. Um, In fact, he has all power. We learn that in the creation account. He is before time. He is out of time. Uh, And so he is eternal. So from the creation account, we see our God is eternal. We see the, the, the hugeness of all the things that add up to him being our creator God. He is self-existent. He is not created. He wasn't created by someone or something else. And so all of those things tied to him as our creator God. Look at our creation. He is marvelous. He is creative. Go out and look at flowers and go out and look at the intricate things and the big things. Uh, He is creative. He is Lord. He's over all things. Um, Just keep going down the list. He is wise. 
And I think about, well, here, here's the earth, and it's at this tilt. And if it had a different tilt, all these things would happen. It turns at this speed. It rotates at this speed. And if it rotated at a different speed, all these things would happen. Think about you, um, your heart, your lungs, all the processes that are going on inside of you. John chapter 1, verse 3 says, all things I came to be through him, and nothing has come to be apart from him. That's where we get the idea of ex nihilo, creation out of, out of nothing. Anybody else is going to have to have something to start with. Uh, our, our kids tonight, one of their projects, they're given Play-Doh, and with the Play-Doh, they're, they're told to create something God has not created. And they're going to they're gonna stretch their brains. They may make some weird things, uh, but what they're going to start with is Play-Doh, uh, which has all these things that have originated with God. The fact that God creates out of nothing, a huge revelation of God. And so one of the crazy things that we see in creation is how marvelous our God is, how profound our God is. Now, let me, let me just say this to you. Satan doesn't want us to know our God. He wants us to have a wrong idea of our God. He wants us to miss the truth of our God. He wants us to be less than astounded with our God. Well, let me just tell you this. If you can mess up or monkey with the creation account, guess what you start to do? You start to change our understanding of God. Well, guess what? That'd be a primary thing to attack if you were Satan. So why does the creation account matter? It reveals to us who God is. And we see all these marvelous things about God through the creation account. All right, let me give you a couple of other things. We're going to keep moving along. I think it's interesting to talk about what the world is saying. Well, what's the world saying? Uh, we, we just read what God has said. What is the world saying? Um, here, here's the predominant theory offered as to creation by the world. It is called the Big Bang Theory. You've probably heard of that. Uh, the, there are some others. We'll talk a little bit about them. But the predominant understanding of where things came from, it's the Big Bang Theory. Uh, Hubble, this guy, the, the telescope's named after him. He starts to make um, observations that it looks like everything is moving apart. Everything is moving away from us. And so, you know what, there must be some calculation about the speed that it's moving away from us. And the fact that it's moving away from us, there must have been some powerful event to, to send it out, moving out. And, and it's, it's pretty deep, but you, you look at it, and his idea is there was a point when everything was coming together. And when everything comes together and shrinks in on itself, that the force of shrinking in on itself, it booms and then it goes back out and it's traveling away, and, and that's, um, that's where creation comes from. That's the, the account, the, the, what he would say, the viable account of creation. Well, notice this. What he's doing is a lot like finding the popcorn and trying to figure out, well, how fast does it become stale? How did it get here? What are some things that could have caused it? Maybe there were some little kids in the auditorium. He is speculating, using the things that he's observed to come up with an idea for creation. That is the predominant thing taught 
as to the force of creation. We're going to talk about that a little bit more in a second. One of the other, and it's funny after that, they get kind of goofy pretty, pretty, uh, at a pretty fast clip. One of the other ideas is the stuff for the creation of our universe was somehow carried over from a different universe. And so there's a different universe, and somehow the stuff out of the eight universe came into our universe, and that became the starting place for our universe. Somebody, now you'll start to see, well, where, where did that come from? One of the, the ideas offered is that aliens from the other universe brought that stuff to our universe and started as the seed for a new universe. And that's actually one of these top 10 ideas, a spillover from a different universe may be carried here by an alien. All right, so that's what the world is saying. All right, here's another thing. Evolution is the source of life. It's not the force of creation, but it's the source of life. The predominant thing taught about the, the, the source of life is that it comes from evolution. Now, most of these people tie these things together and say, out of the Big Bang event, the parts and the pieces and the processes necessary for evolution are set into place. And out of those parts and pieces and processes, uh, evolution comes forth. That is, that is the predominant uh, teaching as to the source of life. I'm not that old, I know that, but I can tell you this, in just my life, I remember when that was called the theory of evolution, fourth grade. And I remember by the time I get to, to college, it is most of the time called the law of evolution. And it's begun from a theory to a law, and it, again, is the predominant thing taught as the source of life. Now, we're going to talk more about that next week, uh, but, but here's the real question. The real question, let's, let's just boil it down to one question. The real question is this, and you can just say it very simply, so where did that come from? So where did that come from? Now, let me just, let me just walk you through this. In evolution, there are, there are some basic elements. Let me ask this, so where did they come from? Well, they were in a primordial sea of other basic elements, so where did that come from? Well, in that primordial sea of basic elements, there was this and there was this, and then there was some spark of energy, probably electricity. Well, where did that come from? Well, before there was this, there was that, and there was a basic one of these that the basic one of those broke into a basic one of these. And you say this, well, where did that come from? All right, go to the Big Bang. Everything is shrinking in on itself. Where did that come from? Where, where was the stuff that was shrinking in? Where was the energy produced? Where did that come from? And you, and you just keep taking it back. And where did that come from? And here's what the answer is. Eventually, we don't know. We don't know where that came from. We don't, we don't know what that is. It all becomes eventually a matter of faith. Well, I'm just trusting that something, that something, that something, that something, that somewhere was something. Well, what was that? Well, we can keep talking, but really it becomes a matter of faith. Where did that come from? Our belief set is a matter of faith, but it's not a blind faith, and it's not an uninformed faith. It is built on the Word of God. And so they say, well, you're just taking that on faith. We're, we're placing our faith that this is the true Word of God, the eyewitness. They're placing their faith 
that there's something, that there was something, that there was something, that there's eventually something they have no answer for. It is still a question of faith. All right, here's the big point to our lesson tonight. We're getting close to being done. The big question is this. What about the validity of the accounts? Is this true? Is this dependable? Is this trustworthy? Should we put stock in this? What about questioning the validity of the accounts? It actually goes back to the question, did God truly say? Now think about that. That ought to ring a bell. That's, that's how Satan starts the whole thing back in the garden. Did God truly say? Well, God said if we eat of this tree. Did God truly say that? And he starts a questioning process of the word of God. That's how the whole thing starts. Did God truly say? Now, did God truly say? That's the attack. That's still the attack. Well, here, here's the second part of that. If he did say it, did he mean what he said? Did he mean what he said? It, did he say it? Well, yeah. Well, did he mean what he said? Now, what I can say from there is symbolic. Well, these are symbolic words. Well, there, it's a riddle. We're not sure. It's a riddle. Or it's not literal. A lot of things can be offered up right there. Did God mean what he said? Did, did, did God truly say it? And did God mean what he said? Let me write two things up here. here. This is the whole thing boiled down tonight. All right, two questions. It all boils down to this. Now watch this. Listen to this. Two questions. I want you to think about what I read in Genesis chapter 1 into the first part of chapter 2, what I read in, in Exodus, what it said to as well. Here's the question. Does God say he is responsible for creation? And just listen. Does God say he is responsible for creation? Second question is this. Does God say how he did it? Does God say how he created? Those are the two questions. Now, I'm, I'm just going to ask you, I'm just going to ask you, and we're going we're to say yes or no or, or, or indifferent or not sure. From the verses we read, from the, the verses we read, the word of God, does God say he is responsible for creation? Yes, I agree. Now go back to those verses. 
he did this and he separated this and he put the stars like this and it, and it was evening and it was morning and, the, and it was dark and it was the first day, the third day. Does God say how he did it? Does God say how he did it? Yes. All right, let me ask you this. There are, there are some that are teaching and some that are saying, I believe God is clear here. He is the creator. He is the creator. They believe that. But they would say this, but it's not like he said. And just pick theistic evolution. God uses evolution in this and this. Well, I thought I said after the, it's kind. Didn't it say that a lot? Well, they would say, Yes, he's the agent of creation. Yes, he's responsible for creation, but it's not how he said it. It's different. And the, Okay, so all these ideas of why it's different than what he said. Here's what I would say to that. Why would you believe here and not believe here? Isn't that inconsistent? Why would you say, yes, he's responsible for creation? Why? Because he said he is. Well, do you believe how he said he did it? No, I don't believe that. Well, why not? Not logical. Doesn't match up with modern science. Give whatever your reason is. Isn't it inconsistent? Isn't it illogical to say, I bank everything here. I believe it because God said it, but I don't take it here for whatever your reason. Uh, in, it, it would be crazy to say, I believe this, but not this. I believe this, but not this. It would be logical to say, I don't believe this and I don't believe this. And it would be logical to say, I do believe this because he said it. And because he said it, I believe this as well. Now, let me tell you why that matters. In this book that we're going to study and that we're going to read, it's going to say there was a virgin birth, the son of God. Well, what if it's not as he said? He said this, but what if it's symbolic? What if it's not as it appears? In this book that we're going to study, the word of God, it's going to tell us that our Savior was actually physically dead in a grave. It's going to say that. And it's going to say he was actually physically resurrected. Does it become something else? Not transformed. He is resurrected. So it's going to say he is alive. He has died for sin and for sinners, and he is resurrected again. Do you think Jesus is our Savior? Yes. Why? Because it says it. Do you think it's an actual resurrection? Well, no. I think there's some symbolic parts to that. I think there's a riddle we have to put together. It's going to become important because of this. If we believe the Word of God, then we believe the Word of God. And we start to take pieces and cogs out of it. It's hard to tell a world, we're camping here, we're putting everything here, but we're not so sure about this. When we say, you know what, there is a resurrected Savior that died for sin and that lives yet again, it is based upon the validity, the truth of the word of God. So the question then becomes this. So is creation a gospel issue? Whew, that's a big question. Is creation a gospel issue? And I'm going to give you two sides of that, and then I'm going to show you some verses, and we're going to be done here. Is creation a gospel issue? First off, if you say, can you believe in a different understanding of creation and be saved? Can you say, well, I think 
God used this or did it like this. Can you believe in a different um, understanding of creation to be saved? I would tell you, yes, I think so. We're saved by faith in Jesus, that he is our Savior, that he died for sin, uh, born of a virgin, fully God, fully man, raised from the dead. And so I believe there's, there's some things in the Bible you can say, we disagree. We're not on the same page. Um, and so if someone says, I have a different understanding of this, it, can they be saved? I would say, yes, they can be saved. But then I would come right back with the same question, but why? Why would you, why would you believe uh, what, you, what, you, what you're having trouble believing uh, all the pieces of? I think it becomes a hardship to say we're believing this, but not this, but we're always believing this. And so is it a gospel issue? Yes, as far as it goes back to the validity of the gospel, uh, the confidence we have in the gospel. Is it a gospel issue that you have to believe this in order to be saved? I think, I think probably not. So the answer to that, in my opinion, is probably yes and no. Here's the last part of that. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17 I'm going to read it to you, but here's, here's the truckload of all of that. All Scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work. Here's what I'm going to tell you about the Word of God. It is faithful. It is true. It is trustworthy. It is perfect in wisdom because God is, and we can take it to the bank. And so I want to tell you from the lesson that we start with until the lesson that we conclude with, this is the Word of God. It is sure. It is trustworthy. And if we can't believe the creation account, we're going to have a whole lot of hard things moving forward from here. We can trust the Word of God. That's our starting place tonight. I'm going to ask if you'll stand. I'm going to leave some word of prayer. Uh, some of you, if you want to go to your classes, and some of the other classes have joined my class, and you want to go and, and go through your prayer list and talk, uh, you'll make your way to your class. The youth are going to go to their place and I think have, have a good time down there. Let me leave this in a word of prayer. During Father, we come. We're thankful for tonight. I pray that we uh, think and I pray that we look and I pray that we investigate and I pray that we dig. And Lord, I, I believe as we do, uh, we will have confidence and we will see your word stands. Um, we'll see that, that you are trustworthy that you're truthful in your word. Lord, I pray that again that you, that you encourage us in the process. I pray as we start this week and move through a whole lot of weeks that we are blown away by the God that's revealed to us in Scripture. I pray for our kids that are learning right now. Lay a foundation that'll hold. Pray for our youth up here. Pray the same thing. Lord, bless them, encourage them in the study of your word. Pray for all of us as well. Let us see you and let us uh, draw closer to you in worship through this process. We love you. We thank you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You're dismissed. Glad you're here.